seconds, from gate seven, or from championship number six. Jordan, open, Chicago with the lead! Washington outside left, Roethlisberger has time, throws to the back of the end zone, and it is hard for a touchdown by Holmes! Minute remaining, and they're putting Curry in the pick and roll, trying to get him on Irving. Irving and Curry, one-on-one, -on -one. Irving puts it up, it's good! Kyrie Irving from downtown! We're sending it in, Jerome, that's for damn sure. Yes, 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 yes. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Taproom Sports Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. Lads, join with my man, Swerving Irving Washington, looking nice in that uh, denim vest hoodie got going on there. I like it. I like it. My, my guy looks like he's ready to go ride a Harley Davidson. Let's go. I'm, I'm scared of motorcycles. <laughs> How you doing tonight? Other than your Lakers sucking ass. I don't know why you keep beating a dead horse, bro. I told you, if Westbrook was on our opening night roster, we was going to be trash. So, Well, I mean, here's the thing, dude. I love, call me Nostradamus. I love when the Lakers are shit. Except it sucks because, you know, LeBron's one of my favorite players of all time. He happens to be on the Lakers now. So it's like a rock in a hard place because I want to see the guy succeed. But like you said, this roster is just constructed very, very poorly, dude. Yeah, they made one of the worst trades ever. They should have had... I don't know what made him not want to get Buddy Hield and what and Demar Derozan, and they chose Russell Westbrook. Well, I mean LeBron wanted Russ, but that's that's LeBron's guy. Like that was his homie. You know what I mean? Of course he's gonna want his homie, right? But mm -hmm. that's why there's basketball people in charge to say, "Hey, LeBron, that's <laughs> not a good idea." You know what I mean? But those people, there's too many there's too many talking heads in that in that organization and there's too many people like why does Kurt Rambis have control over roster personnel? Like why is he even yeah, giving yeah, input? That, man, that makes no sense at all. And that's why we continue to be a joke until we hire an actual basketball mind that knows how to will and deal and make moves. Cause at the, at this point, Rob Palenka is just a fucking, uh, a, a puppet. Yep. And apparently like people don't really like him around the league. Yeah, they don't. So it's like, it's a double-edged sword there. Um, but we're obviously here to uh, to discuss some college football. We got week nine. I can't believe we're at week nine already, dude. What the fuck, dude? Time has fucking flown yeah. by. And I think um, uh, the first college football playoff rankings come out, what, next week or the next, week after? Next week. And we'll start to give our uh, college football rankings um, starting next week as well, our top four for the college football playoff. Um it's crazy though. Week nine in Ohio State's only playing their second road game, dude. It's crazy. How the fuck is that even possible? It's called um, taking advantage of a terrible non-conference schedule, and but even their conference games have all basically been at home. They've been at home, so I guess the Big Ten is catering to Ohio State. That shit is wild to me. When I was when I was researching this week, I was like, "What the fuck? Only their second? Their second road game, that's crazy. Uh, and they about to go into Happy Valley and beat the shit out of Penn State. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about that game. We'll get to that uh, momentarily. Um, I did want to mention, though, before we do get started, we are being brought to you by Tavour. Make sure to go to Tavour.com or download the Tavour app straight to your mobile device and use promo code TAPROOM for $10 off your first purchase of $25 or more. That's craft beer delivered straight to your front door. You don't even have to leave your seat. 2022 baby we are uh you know humans just keep coming up with beautiful inventions and here's one um with that being said before we get into college football we did have some nfl news that came out today and, and no i'm not talking about russell wilson working out on the airplane i'm talking about robert quinn is being traded from the bears to the eagles for a fourth round draft pick now there's like two things to this number one you know, we were talking on Monday after the Monday night football game when I, you know, I said the Bears are dog shit. Like, they're not a good football team. Like, I, I thought that win on, even though I had Bears plus eight and a half, I thought that was an anomaly win, right? Mm -hmm. And obviously the Bears front office kind of feels the same way. The fact that they're only, a, they're only like a, a game out of a playoff spot, you know what I mean? And their front office is basically saying like, hey, like, we don't think this team's good enough to compete. So we might as well get as much draft compensation for, for guys right now, right? 
So I wanted to ask you, like, what's your thoughts about Robert Quinn? Um, what's your thoughts from the Bears' perspective and from the Eagles' perspective getting a guy like Robert Quinn? Well, that just makes the Eagles that much better because they were looking for a pass rusher because where it was, they was in on Brian Burns too. But the Panthers wanted two first-round picks, and I think they're smoking crack because you're not getting two first-round picks for Brian Burns. Um, but it is what uh, people is willing to pay. Uh, but Robert Quinn, what, he had 18 sacks, 19 sacks last year. Yep. You're going to see a lot of single team. He's not going to see a lot of double teams in um, in Philadelphia, so he should be able to eat. I think he just makes that defense that much better, adding a three-time Pro Bowler, multiple 10-sack seasons, well, double-digit sack seasons, coming off a 19-sack season. So I think it's a good move. I don't think he had 19 sacks last year. That's a was lot. It, 19, it was 19 or 18 because he broke the record for the Bears. But the 19 is like the record for the NFL. No, it's not. It's 23, 24. T.J. Watt broke the record. 24 is the record? Yeah, T.J. Watt broke it last year because remember he got the extra game. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, Regardless, I mean, like Robert Quinn was good. He is having a down year, though. I will say that. He only has one sack this year. Yeah, that'll probably help out. Last year he had... No, he had 16 last year. That's a lot. That's still a lot of sacks. That's really good. <laughs> Wait, no. Wait, no. 18 and a half. 18 and a half. That's really good. That's that's excellent. Um, I mean, obviously, the, the rich get richer. You know what I mean? That's yeah. how I kind of felt about the trade. Um, like I did say, Robert Quinn is having a down year. He only has one sack this year. And, and the Bears' defense has been pretty good, too. It's not like they're a bad defense. It's basically been the only bright spot of that entire team other than running the football on offense. But, uh, yeah, man, the Eagles, I mean, this is just such a bad NFC, Irv. Like, I've been very critical of Jalen Hurts. Like, I don't think he is – I shouldn't say I don't think he's a good good quarterback. I don't think he's, like, the prototypical quarterback that usually wins in the long term. However, the NFC is so bad this year that it's like he has such a good roster around him that anything is possible. You know what I mean? Because, like, dude, the – We've been talking about this. The Vikings are probably the second best team in the NFC, dude. And I don't. And Kirk Cousins in prime time in a playoff game? Yeah, no, thank you. Good luck. Yeah, no, thank you. So I mean, like this, the NFC at this point is the Eagles to lose. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah, they're in the driver's seat. If they don't have any major injuries or any type of setbacks as far as. Their momentum on the field and the team can. Well, they're going to lose a game or two at some point. Yeah, they, yeah, they're definitely going to lose a game. I don't see them going undefeated, but I see them getting the first, being the number one seed in the championship, having to go through them. Um, they just made their defense that much better. If they don't have any major injuries, do we really see a team being able to beat them? It's hard to beat a top five defense and a top what two or three rushing team yeah. if they don't make mistakes. Yeah, I agree. Like. And the NFC is just so bad, dude. Like, yeah, so, and you seen what they did to the Vikings. Yeah. Well, I mean, prime. that's what I'm saying, prime time, dude. Like, you can't trust Kirk Cousins in prime time. We know the history at this point, you know what I mean? And obviously, playoff games are going to be in prime time. So, good luck to Minnesota. Good luck, Sean Lowry. Uh, who else might give them a run for their money? Because we know. Seattle. See, uh, I wouldn't say Seattle. Oh, well, maybe, maybe. The The Niners, I mean, to be honest, when the Niners are fully healthy, I think the Niners are the best team. I don't even care who their quarterback is because that defense is definitely the best defense in the league when healthy. Yeah, when healthy, they yeah they are they they on another level and healthy. And the good thing for them is that they all their injuries came early on, and that's kind of what happened to them last year. And then they got healthy around Thanksgiving, and then they just like took took off. So yeah, it's definitely probably because I'll say the Eagles, Niners, Cowboys. Cowboys, and then who will be number five? Um, mm, I mean, I still think like the Bucks have the talent, but they, I think they just have too much going on. Yeah, there's way too much going on with the Bucks. And maybe the maybe the Giants, dude. Like you know, we're gonna find out. Like, yeah, it could be the Giants. I think the Giants are fakers, but you know, we're gonna find out, dude. At some point, yeah. Are they for real or are they not? It's getting close to that time. Yep. Um, Let's talk some college football, though. we got a handful of solid games to talk about this week. Um, Actually, this week's slate's kind of like, as far as, like, uh, top 25 matchups, there's not a ton out there. 
Um, so we we kind of we we kind of picked like the five six best games that we could. Um, obviously, the first game this is big noon kickoff. This is uh, Ohio State going into Penn State. Really, their first road challenge of the year. They've only gone to Michigan State. That's their only road game of the season. Michigan State is absolutely fucking putrid this year. Mel Tucker should be fucking arrested for highway robbery for the the shit he's pulling at Michigan State. But you know, get your money, dude. I got no problem with that. Um, but anyways, right now, Ohio State minus 15 and a half. They're laying 15 and a half on the road at Happy Valley. The total 61. Um, Ohio State 7 and 0 on the year, 4 2 and 1 against the spread. Um, and they're actually 4 and 1 in their last five games against the spread. They started 0 and 2 ATS. And then they're 5 and 2 to the over. Penn State 6 and 1 straight up, 4 and 3 against the spread, 5 and 2 to the over. Penn State's coming off a loss against Michigan or they're coming off a win against Minnesota, I'm sorry. Um without Tanner Morgan though. Let's yeah. keep that in mind. And then Ohio State's coming off a huge win against Iowa and a game where Iowa turned the ball over like fucking 92 times, and which I didn't won. even know was possible. I feel like every time they had the ball they turned it over. And they won fifty two to fifty four to ten, right? Fifty four to ten, and they covered the spread. It was minus twenty or close minus twenty nine and a half, and the over hit, which was fifty, and they they covered the over by themselves, which you basically have to do when you play Iowa, because you know Iowa's not going to score any points. Um, what's your what's your thoughts about this game? Does I mean it's probably going to be a whiteout at Happy Valley, yeah. which they absolutely love. A lot of white people there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what's your what's your thoughts on this game? Uh, this game is going to depend. Honestly, it's going to depend on the for the first quarter. Jackson. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Jackson Smith Najiba, uh, probable to play on Saturday. Well, honestly, that he's good, but has that offense looked any different without him? Mm-hmm. Honestly, so I think this game depends on the first quarter. If Penn State could come out, get a lead, you know, put some pressure on Ohio State, get some stops, then we might we might have a game on our hands. But if they come out the way they did against Michigan, bro, it could be twenty one and zero in like four or five minutes because that Michigan game, Penn State low key got exposed. I understand they was on the road, but they was playing terrible to their quarterback had a sixty some yard run. And yep. then they got a pick six, and that kind of changed the game. But then in the second half, Michigan just turned it up, and they didn't rise to the occasion and got fucking steamrolled. So, and Ohio State is way better on offense than Michigan is. So way better. Uh, Ohio State, far and away the best offensive team in college football right now. Yeah, and you can you can attribute some of that to who they played. I mean, they really haven't been tested. This is really their first test of the year, Irving. Yeah, you know if, if we're being complete, if we're being completely honest, but I mean, dude, you you look at their offensive stats. I mean, yards per play, number one in the country, seven point eight yards per play, uh, and number they're, they're top three in defense yards per play against, only allowing four point two. Penn State they want to run the ball right, one hundred fifty four rush yards a game. Well, you know, good luck. Ohio State only giving up 90.9 yards per game on the ground. But not only that, they're only giving up 2.9 yards per rush. Okay? This this game's going one of two ways. It's either going to be really fucking ugly, and Ohio State is going to blow them the fuck out, or this is going to be really close, and Penn State could win this game. Yeah, it's only it's only two ways this game can go, and I'm thinking it's, going, it's headed towards a blowout. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this point, it's just too inconsistent. Penn State has a good; they don't have a; they have a pretty good defense. Their secondary is probably the best, the best thing on their defense. But can that secondary hold up against those wide receivers? Potentially three first rounders. Good luck. Well, keep in mind, Notre Dame very similarly built defensively as Penn State is, Mm -hmm. um, where they 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 defend the pass pretty well. Um, I think it's going to be. This is the problem, though, is Penn State's defensive line got pushed around by Michigan. And I would say Ohio State's offensive line is just as good, just as good, if not better. Right. So really, the only thing if you're if you like Penn State, um, I don't necessarily have a play in this game. Uh, I think 15 and a half is a lot of points to lay on the road in a in a, a division in a conference game especially a team like Penn State, who I think is good. I don't think they're great, but 
The problem is Ohio State might be great. And we saw what Penn State did against a pretty – I wouldn't say Michigan is great, but they're a damn good team. They're a top four, top five-ish team, a playoff contender, and you've seen what they did to Penn State. Yep, but they were also at home. I get it, but even at home, they that game was close until Michigan State leveled up and Penn State didn't rise with them. They kept, they kept playing the way they was playing in the first Well, the Michigan-Penn Michigan State game was funny because, I mean, Michigan was like, at one point it looked like Michigan was going to win that game 60 to nothing. You know what I mean? And you said it like at one point Michigan had 13 points and Penn State only had nine yards. Nine yeah, yards. Not even, not even a first down. Yeah. And then they get that run from Clifford, and then uh, J.J. McCarthy throws the pick six. But that was really all they had. They only had 17 points. That was the difference in the game. Uh, Ohio State, they are susceptible to turning the ball over. I mean, Iowa turned them over, uh, I think it was three times last week. But Mm -hmm. Ohio State, on the flip side, their defense is so good that they could turn you over multiple times. Now, Penn State's offense isn't nearly as bad as Iowa's. But I'm with you. They are a little flawed. Steve Clifford, not necessarily the best quarterback in the Big Ten, right? And they don't run the ball, like, particularly great. They ran the ball 111 yards against Michigan, yeah. passed the ball 157 yards, but 111 of those yards came from a 60-yard run from the quarterback. Exactly. Then the thing with, uh, with teams like Ohio State, you got to be able to stretch the field. And if they're going to be scoring touchdowns, you have to score you touchdowns. You have to match them. And Penn State struggles pushing the ball downfield because Clifford is not that great of a downfield thrower of the ball, and he's not that accurate. You see a lot of his passes either going to the sideline or going over the wide receiver's head. So that's going to be a tough one, man, because even, like you said, 15 and a half points is a lot on the road, but I feel comfortable with it. I think I'm going to put that one as – that's going to be one of my best bets, honestly. I'm, I'm not as confident. Uh, I do think Ohio State obviously the better team, but I am not willing to lay the fifteen and a half, just because. I mean, I've seen crazy, I've seen crazier things happen, dude. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I, for example, I mean, Clemson was definitely the better team on Saturday against Syracuse, but yeah, but them turn up. Woof. DJ Ugalele fucking turns the ball over fucking three times, difference in the game. Um, you know what I mean? So. It's a little. It's a. It's tough for me to lay those points. I. I. I do agree with you though. I. If I were to play this game, it would definitely be Ohio State. I'd probably take the under just because I think if if Penn State's going to be competitive in this game, they have to slow the. Cl- they have to slow down. Like they cannot. If this becomes a shootout, Ohio State's going to win, dude. Yeah, easy. you know what I mean. So if if I'm Penn State, if I'm Franklin, I'm trying to control the clock. I'm, I'm taking as much time off the clock and I'm keeping Ohio State's offense off the field as much as I possibly can. Now, is that possible? I mean, anything's possible. Is it going to be easy? Absolutely not. But that's the only way they have a chance to win, dude. They cannot get in a shootout at all. Yeah, if they get into a shootout, this game over by halftime. Yeah. So, honestly, if I were to play this game, I'd probably play Penn State first half. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, usually the better team always wins out at the end of the, the game. Second half, yeah. Because they just have more talent. Um, so I, I'd probably play Penn State first half if I were to play anything. And I'd probably play the under, if anything. I feel you because they probably play them close to first half and Ohio State pulls away in the second half. Yep. And covers the 15 and a half. Yeah. They could. I mean, this this game very well could be fucking 41 to 13. 41-14 at the end of the game. And it could go into halftime 14-17. to 17. You know what I mean? Facts. So, that's how I feel about this game. Anyways, let's move on to our next game. We got a big SEC matchup. We got the Florida Gators versus Georgia. This is a, this is considered a, uh, whatchamacallit, a neutral site, right? Uh, yeah, because yeah, it's they play at, in Jacksonville. Um, it's at Jacksonville Stadium. Yep. So, right now, Florida... Catching 22 and a half. The total is 56 and a half. Florida right now, four and three straight up, three and four against the spread, and four and three to the over. Georgia, seven and zero straight up, four and three ATS, one, five and one to the over. 
So a lot of unders there. What's your thoughts on this game here? It's going to be raining. It's supposed to it's rain. It's going to be raining, so I definitely think the under would be, would be a safe bet. Um, but this game is going to come down to can Florida State off Florida's offense make this a competitive game against that Georgia defense. Now, Georgia has been struggling, but the last couple of weeks they looked a lot better. Um, like we always say, Florida has talent. They got the depth on defense to compete with anybody. It all depends on what they're going to get from Anthony Richardson and that offense. So Jalen Carter not expected to play, Irving. Ooh, well, that definitely um, that definitely I affects. Mean, I know things. they have another five star to replace him, but yeah, but that dude's going to probably be a bona fide top five pick, and he's worth a couple of points. Like you know, in college football, it's some game changers on the defensive side of the ball, and he's definitely one of them. Yeah. But, you know, Georgia might be banged up, but Nolan, Nolan Smith is going to be on the field. I think he's going to have a big impact on the game. Can Florida, can Florida hold up against them and block him? Because behind him, they got two freshmen that's going to be uh, stars and future NFL picks and Marvin Jones Jr. and uh, uh, Williams. I can't remember his first name. Two five stars. So, you know, they go five stars on trees in uh, Georgia. I think in their two deep on their front seven, they got – multiple five stars at every position. I think the biggest problem with Florida here and what really scares me is that their defense against good competition, when I say good competition, I'm saying Utah, Kentucky, uh, Tennessee. They get stifled. And LSU, they get their ass fucking handed to them. Yeah, they get beat up front. They get whooped up front. They're 105th in EPA against a run, which is like one – 105th out of like 140 something Division One programs. I mean, they're probably what almost last in the SEC. What like 11, 12? Yeah, they're pretty bad. And then against against a, or I'm sorry, that was against a run. And then against a pass, they're not much better. They're 79th, and they're 107th in success rate. So, what a good thing about that Georgia wide receivers don't really kill you. It's just their, it's tight, their tight ends. ends. Yep. And I mean, you uh, Florida did contain Utah's tight ends pretty well. Yeah, they did. So that is something to keep in mind. However, uh, Georgia's defense a lot better <laughs> than yeah. Utah's defense. A lot better, not even close. And so that could be an issue because that defense lost five first round picks last year, and they're still what top oh, ten dude. in the nation, top five. Uh, they're so. Hold on, let me pull up. Efficiency wise, they are defensively number one in the country. That's crazy. And then if you look at EPA, they are against the rush, they're fourth, and against the pass, they're fourth. Yeah, good luck. What's the point spread? 22 and a half. I think Florida covers, but it's no. I don't unless Georgia comes out here and play and turns the ball over like crazy, like Clemson did. That's the only way I give Florida a shot at winning this game. I think they could cover the twenty-two and a half, though. Yeah, I kind of. I mean, dude, the only way Florida covers this game is if Anthony Richardson is absolutely spectacular, right? He he has to make unbelievable plays. And the crazy thing is, Irv, is like this is the kind of situation where it very well could happen. Uh, what what do they call this game? The fucking um, I forgot what it's called. The cocktail man. fucking party or whatever. Let's see. What's the nick? What's the nickname of this ge- of this game? There's a there's a fucking nickname up for it. The margarita party. The fucking Tommy Bahama bowl or whatever. It's called the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. The world's largest <laughs> outdoor cocktail party. That's the name of this bowl. Since the fifties, I didn't even know that. Um, what's the what's the let's look at the trends in this game. Hold on. Uh, I know Florida hasn't beat Georgia since um, the Gators are. F- oh my God, Florida four and one against the spread in their last five meetings in this. Mm. I'm going to go with the under. Yeah, I like the under, honestly, because with it raining, I think Georgia is going to try to pound the rock and try to hit them over the top with play action with Bowers and Washington. 
Now, their receivers can do damage, but I think Florida's secondary is more than well enough to clip, more than well enough equipped to handle the receivers. They just got to worry about the tight end and the running backs, and I think that's going to be too much for them. Yeah, I mean, and also now you got to account for Stetson Bennett's legs because he's running the ball a lot more with his legs now, too. He's running the ball very well, which is why they are such a good They're part. I shouldn't say why, but part of the reason why they are such a good rushing team this year is because Stetson Bennett is running the football. Yeah. Um, whew, I lean Florida with the points. I mean, 22 and a half is a lot. And considering Florida's covered the last four out of five games against Georgia, mm-hmm. I kind of like that. Last year is the only one they didn't. Um, And they got Anthony Richardson. I think, I just think Anthony Richardson, he's going to step up in the moment. He did against Utah. He came up big. Um, yeah, kid is a gamer. It's just, I just wish Florida had more, a little bit more talent around him. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, they will. They'll get there. They'll get yeah. there. They got one more year with him, I think. I don't think he's going to the draft. He shouldn't. There's a lot of people that are saying he, he could be the third or fourth quarterback taken this yeah, year. Yeah, I know. Like, a lot of mock drafts got him in the first round. So, you know, that could be really enticing to a kid. But with NIL, that might help his chances at coming back. Yeah, that's true. And I, I like Billy Napier, dude. I like what he's building here. So. Yeah, and they got a pretty good recruiting class. They got a shot at a, a five-star number one corner tomorrow. So let's see what he can do. I yeah. think it's going to take him a couple years for it. He should be patient with him. But if he gets his players and coaches them up the way he can, especially the way he did at Louisiana, uh, the Raging Cajuns, Florida's going to be all right. I agree. Um, all right, let's let's move into this next game. We got a Big 12 matchup here. We got Oklahoma State heading into Kansas State. Um, right now, Oklahoma State – uh, catching one and a half points, so plus one and a half. Kansas, or I'm sorry, Oklahoma State. Yeah, I said Oklahoma State plus one. There's too many states, dude. Jesus Christ. Kansas <laughs> State Wildcats uh, laying one and a half right now. Uh, and the total is 56, sorry. The total is 56. Um, Oklahoma State, six and one straight up, five and two against the spread, six and one to the over. Kansas State, five and two straight up, four, two and one against the spread, three and four against the over. I do want to put a an asterisk next to Kansas State because if Adrian Martinez doesn't get hurt, they blow the fucking brakes off TCU. Yeah, so, and this, that's going to have a big impact on this game, too. If he's playing this game. I think he's playing, dude. Because he, playing, he put his helmet on last game. Yeah, he just they just didn't put him back in. So. Yeah, and they, they, have, they have him listed as questionable right now. Um, okay. And even the backup, I mean, Will Howard didn't look bad until he got hurt. And then he got hurt, and he tried to come back in, and he never was the same. And that was the difference in that game. So, I mean, if one of those two guys plays and they're healthy, I think they win this game. Yeah, definitely like the over for sure. The over? Yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. Ohio State, dude, they fucking – I feel like every one of their fucking games goes over. Because Oklahoma State defensively – actually, Oklahoma State, yeah, 6-1 and to the over. Yeah, because their defense starts off good, but once you figure out that – that secondary and those linebackers can't really cover too well. Teams start picking them apart. The thing about them is they always come up with a timely stop, and they luck out and win the game. Yep. Um, if you're one of those people who likes to look at, at situations and spots, this could be a good spot to fade Kansas State in the sense that next week they have Texas at home. Um, so a big matchup there. and. I don't know. You know that that usually that does play a part sometimes. I feel like these kind of spot plays haven't been working out all that well this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but that could be a spot play. I do think that uh, you know Oklahoma State for like I don't know how they're six and one right now, but somehow they managed to just win games. Uh, yeah, like last week they had no business winning that Texas game. Yeah, last week against Texas, uh, they had zero penalties. And Texas had 14 for 100 and how many yards, Irv? 140-something yards? 40 yards, 50-something yards. Yeah, that was like, they was the, they, they was the Broncos of the NFL, of the, uh, college football. Yeah, some of them were very questionable, though. Yeah, it was kind of like some of those uh, some of those USC, those phantom calls. You got to love it. Yep. So, I think Oklahoma State got a little bit of home cooking there. I like Kansas State in this game. I, I think Kansas State is definitely one of the better teams in the Big 12 this season. 
Exactly, because they have a good offense, and they easily got probably the best defense in the Big 12 besides what, Iowa State, but Iowa State can't score. So. Yeah, Iowa State cannot score. And I like I said, dude, if <laughs> like they were handling TCU last week until their second-string quarterback is hurt. The yeah. second Howard got hurt, the whole game just fucking took a turn, dude. Yeah. And he tried yeah, to come could, back, but he couldn't make any throws. If they could limit Spencer Sanders' legs too, that I like, I get that gives him even more of a even more of a uh, chance to uh, win this game because he's his arm is uh, hit or miss right now. He's not really picking teams. He's not really killing teams from the pocket. Everything is outside the pocket, and him using his legs. Yeah, I mean, as a rushing team, Oklahoma State not that good. They're 85th EPA, which is bottom half of the league, and then passing. They're a little bit better. They're fifty six, but I mean their offense. That's what I'm saying. Like for this, it's crazy the fact that like they're as good as they are record wise because all of their data says that they shouldn't be as good as they are. All right, so that usually means that there's regression coming. There's regression to the mean coming. So I like Kansas State here. Uh, a lot of it ha- I haven't played this game yet because I am waiting on news of um. Uh, what's his face? Martinez. Adrian Martinez. However, if Adrian Martinez is cleared to play, this line's going to move up to three. Mm-hmm. Minus three, at least. Minus three and a half, maybe. Minus four. So, I do think that it's probably better to lock it in now and just take your chances. If Adrian Martinez doesn't play, then, you know, we just we pray for a fucking Hail Mary, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it Kansas State's at home, so I mean we got that home field advantage too. Facts. So we got that we got that looking behind us. Um all right, let's look at our next game we got here. Let me let me go to it. Uh oh uh we got Kentucky at Tennessee. Big SEC matchup here. Woo! Kentucky at Tennessee. Tennessee laying 12 and a half right here, Irv. The total is 62 and a half. Um, Kentucky right now, 5 and 2 straight up, 5 and 2 against the spread, 1 and 6 to the over. Um, Tennessee, 7 and 0 straight up, 6 and 1 against the spread, 5 and 2 to the over. What's your thoughts here? This game is going to come down to is Kentucky more of the team we thought they was going to be offensively before the season, or they're going to be the team we saw on offense against Florida and Mississippi State. I think those are the two losses where the offense got completely shut down in the second half. I know one of those games, Will Levi got hurt. And yep. Ole Miss, that was against Ole Miss. Yeah. Oh, well, Ole Miss, they should have won that game. Um I don't know, man. Tennessee's just rolling right now. Hendon Hooker is looking like your Heisman favorite. They put up 52 points on Alabama. They're going to be rocking and rolling and kneeling again. Um, I'm hoping Hendon Hooker is Heisman, baby. I got him 260 to 1 to win Heisman. So... Oh, it's not looking too good for Kentucky, honestly. Tennessee is rolling right now. And I know they're not going to overlook Kentucky because they got a big game against Georgia next week. And I said in this three in these three games, they could easily go 2-1 and one or 3-0. and oh. So I definitely think they win this game and they cover at home. I probably see them winning by at least three touchdowns or oh, more. There's no fucking way, dude. No way. I got them winning by three touchdowns. Kentucky's too good of a football team. Yeah. If you recall last year when these two teams played, Will Le- Will Levis it was the best player on the field in that game. Um, now, yes, I do think Tennessee is the better team. However, I think this is too many points. Kentucky is a good defense. They are 19th against the run, 15th against the pass EPA. So, I mean, they're top half of the league. And on the flip side, Tennessee, they're 17th against the rush, but they're 75th against the pass. Now, what does Kentucky do well? They run the ball very well. Christian Rodriguez obviously back. But Will Levis, when he's in 15th EPA, or I'm sorry, 19th EPA passing the ball. So, I think that 
they have enough to compete in this game. Now, let's remember, Florida covered against against uh, Tennessee. While it was wild. Yeah, that was a wild-ass backdoor cover. They did. They, they, they covered, though, right? Great teams win. Or good teams win. Great teams cover. I think Will Levi, I think Le- Levis, I don't know how to fight. How, is it Levi's or Levis? I call him, I say Levi. I always hear Levis, and I hear some people call him Levi's. I think it's Levis, though. Will Levis, in my opinion, is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And when he's healthy, Kentucky is a much different team, right? The game he the game he doesn't play, uh, they lose 24-14 to 14 against South Carolina. He gets injured in the Ole Miss game. They lose 22-19. They should have fucking won that game. Mm-hmm. Then they beat the fucking shit out of Mississippi State, twenty-seven to seventeen, in a game where Mississippi was Mississippi was a favorite in that game, right? I like Kentucky here. I think it's too many points, and I like I like Tennessee, bro. I love Tennessee. So I got like them to cover. I like them to cover, not necessarily to win, but this is a big matchup, and I think I think Kentucky's defense. This is probably the best defense ten, uh, Tennessee's going to face all year. And what if they shred them? Um, then, you know, we got Tennessee against Georgia next week. <laughs> and that might be for the SEC. Championship. Very well could be. I mean, like, dude, we said it before the season, bro. You and I both said, I'm going to pull up the audio before before that week. We both said Tennessee was going to compete for this conference. Yeah, and they was going to go over. But that doesn't mean they're going to cover every single. No one covers every single. Game. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think. I, I feel you. Well, we are. We well, Bama's weakness in the uh, on defense was the secondary, and Tennessee took full advantage of that. And Kentucky now, doesn't have that weakness. Kentucky doesn't have that weakness, but the thing Kentucky struggles with is getting after the quarterback. And if they give Hooker too much time in the pocket. Those receivers are gonna break off routes. He's gonna find the open man. Shit, he might even he he doesn't use his legs as much as people. He could use his legs a lot more. He's just picking people apart from the pocket right now. So yeah, last year this matchup was forty five to forty two. Mm. So it was a it was a shootout. And this has potential being a shootout too. Yeah, honestly. I agree with that. To be honest, because I think uh, I think that highly of of Tennessee's offense. But I also think people forget how good Will Levis is. And like I've seen Will Levis being uh mocked like as a second third quarterback in this year's draft and people are like, "Well, that that dude sucks." Like, no, he doesn't. He first of all, he lost his number one wide receiver last year in Wendell Robinson. He's still fucking putting up numbers and he has a fucking fractured rib. <laughs> you know what I mean? So the dude's nah, a fucking dude, gamer, dog. That dude's a real deal. Like one one scout came out today and said they see a lot of uh, Josh Allen in his game. Yeah, he's got a fucking he, arm, dude. But he's way more accurate than Josh than, than what Josh Allen was in college. So it only is not like if you draft Will Levi in the first round, you could be getting a bona fide franchise QB that could change your. Uh, I think he could be QB one when all is said and done. He could be because, you know, a lot of people is going to hold Bryce um, size against him, which I wouldn't because his arm is just that his arm is just that good. The accuracy, the ball placement. And I don't and he's not playing with world beaters at wide receiver like all those other Alabama QBs. So but he was last year and his numbers are way down from last year. Well, last year he wasn't they wasn't all all world. He had what? All world. He had Jalen Waddle first round pig. Well, uh, no, he didn't, Jalen, he didn't have Jalen Waddle. Yeah, Waddle was a first. Oh no, no, he had Williams. He had, Me- had Mechie and Williams. Sorry, Mechie and Williams. Yeah, so oh, Alabama be churning out these fucking first round wide receivers, dog. He had one last year. Tua, Mac Jones, and the other dude played with four first round wide receivers on both teams. So, trust me, Bryce is a real deal too. But I see if somebody does take Will Levi over Bryce or over CJ. Which I understand because his measurables and what he's putting out on film, but I wouldn't be shocked. But I'll be a little surprised because I think Bryce and uh, CJ got one and two locked up right now. 
I think CJ Stroud is QB one without a doubt. I'm not as sold on Bryce Young though. Well, I got him. I got CJ as QB one too, but Bryce is like. I would take one. I would take Levis over Bryce Young. Uh, I wouldn't. If Bryce Young went to USC, I might change our opinion, but I'm shugging. Will Levis is nice, dude. Well, I don't I know why. Bias, but <laughs> I don't know why people hate on Will Levis at all. Nah, I don't think people are hating on him. They just don't think he's good as Bryce and CJ. He can be right system, right players. It's all about fit and where you go. Now, the good thing about these quarterbacks, they're the teams that they're going to are all improving. So it's not just gonna be a complete rebuild. And you're going to have a dog shit roster. So let's say, for instance, Seattle, if they draft a QB, the offensive line is pretty much in place. It's playing way better than what it ever, they ever had under Pete Carroll. Defense is. Yeah, but Seattle uh, might not have a top pick. Well, I mean, they got the Broncos pick. So they, yeah, they got the Broncos pick. So, and even if they fall on their face, they still don't. Um, they still don't. What's the name? They still have, what, two first rounders. So they could easily trade up, add another first rounder and trade up. They really want a QB. So. It'll work. It's gonna work itself out, bro. I hate the Denver Broncos. Y'all really gave the Seahawks a first round pick, and then you decided to be trash. And they play. It's in not my, like they play in my they, team's division. It's not like they uh, planned on being two and five. <laughs> yeah, but they they hired Nathaniel. Can't hack it. They did that. Yeah, but even then. It's it's more than just him. The 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 defense is too undisciplined. The injuries is just that's all coaching, storm. dude. It's just a perfect storm of of, of a big pile of dog shit. So <laughs> I just hope Seattle doesn't. I hope Seattle does another dumbass John Snyder move with that draft pick. Oh, I mean they've been drafting pretty well lately. Well, they had a good draft last year, but. Before that draft, who who's really done good in their draft picks besides DK? We'll see what happens. Uh, all right, let's move on to our next team. We got uh, Ole Miss heading into College Station. CJ's team. Shout out to CJ. That's not his team. Why everybody think Texas a it was his team? We do it as a joke because he lives near College Station. Oh, okay. Uh, then Michael always on his head. The reason why Michael say Texas ain't in his team because he the one that broke the news to Michael that Jimbo Fisher was leaving uh, Florida State. Yeah, we so we just always call it his team, bro. It's his uh, team. Nah. Shout out to CJ. His he Texas, don't have a team. His, USC used to be his team. His Texas A&M Aggies. Uh, so Ole Miss seven one uh, straight up three and five against the spread four and four to the over. Going into College Station to face the Texas A&M Aggies, who are three and four straight up, three and four against the spread, and two and five to the over. Um, they are two and one at home, by the way. Uh, right now, Ole Miss lane two, Texas A&M two point dogs at home. The total is fifty five. What do you think about this one? Uh, probably definitely goes under. Um, Florida, uh, Texas A&M has been a lot better at home than they have been on the road. Uh, Ole Miss low-key, we said they might be ex- getting exposed by LSU. Yep. That's what happened to them. And they're beat up on defense right now. I think th- three or th- three or four of their top tacklers are out with injuries. One got uh, suspended from the game for targeting, so I think he's going to miss the first half of this game. For who, Ole Miss? Yeah, they had a target. And one of their safeties got called for targeting. Um, against LSU. Let me see real quick. Uh, I, don't, I, see I think it was in the second half. I don't see it listed. But you could be right. Because I know they got called for a target. And I don't know if it was one of the safeties or one of the corners. But it was definitely a targeting. I know both they starting safeties are out. I don't know. I think Finley might be questionable or a game time decision. And I know they're missing a the linebacker too. So... If I had to choose, give me uh, Texas A&M with the points, but I think this is going to be an ugly game, honestly. Yeah, I mean, none of Texas A&M schemes are fucking pretty, to to be honest. <laughs> but uh, I, I just think uh, giving laying points or give laying points on the road in a conference game, and Ole Miss hasn't really like played anybody on the road. They just, they just played LSU. 
And LSU isn't necessarily a great team, and they yeah, played them dude. at home and they or out on the road, and they got their ass fucking beat, dude, forty five yeah. to twenty. Like that shit was nasty as fuck. Yeah, they got their ass whooped. Texas A and M is a good defensive team. I mean, they're fifty second against the rush in EPA, twenty third against the pass. Um, but they played they played better competition better if that makes any sense. Like when they played Alabama, they only allowed twenty four points, and I was on the road. Yeah, they actually played Bama a lot closer to where anybody thought they would. Yeah. So this is a team, in my opinion, that, like, they they step up the competition. They play Arkansas in uh, Jerry's World. They end up winning that game. I know it took a fucking doink and a dink for, to win that <laughs> game. But this team just, like, it, they seem to rise to the occasion. Um, and I think that, like, them suspending these five-star true freshmen – I think it does set a precedent to the to the program, and it's like, hey, like nobody's bigger than Texas A and M. Yeah, that could be that could be a blessing in disguise. But when you're suspending your two best playmakers on offense, and they're both true freshmen, yeah, but the quarterback can't get them the ball anyway, so it don't even matter. It's not like they played in a while, anyways. Well, Wegman played a lot better than both of their than King and the other guy. Max Johnson probably has played the best, but he's out for the year with that hand injury. Yep. But um, when I think Chris is it, I know it's Chris Marshall. I don't know if Evan Stewart is suspended too. Chris Marshall, Patrick or uh, Williams, Harris, Harris. That's the only ones I see suspended. Okay, because they said there's two more players suspended, but they haven't released their names yet. Yeah, so those are the only two that are released. Okay, so it could be Evan Stewart too, because I was saying on Twitter that people were alluding that it was him, but. Um, I definitely think it goes under, especially with um, Texas A&M missing some of their better playmakers on offense. So that means the defense is going to have to step up and get some stops and maybe a you know a turnover or two if they can. Again, well, if you're relying on anything but Texas A&M's defense, dude, you're asking for a fucking hail mary. <laughs> yeah. So it's let's see what the offense can string together. Can they score enough points to win the game? Now, one thing we do know, Ole Miss is going to put up points against pretty much anybody. Um, the reason why they didn't put up a lot against LSU because LSU has a damn good pass rush and they knocked Jackson so Dart off his spot. Though. Yeah, so they knocked Jackson Dart off his spot and he wasn't comfortable in the pocket and a lot of his throws were selling and he was missing players. He actually missed two touchdowns on deep balls too as well. One Dude, was a drop, but the other one he overthrew. If, if you look at their schedule, they played like two good teams and that's Kentucky and, and LSU. And in both those games, they put up 22 and 20. So they're averaging 21 points in those games. Yeah, so that means Texas A&M has to score 24 to win, so they can't do that. They can easily. They scored 24 last week. You know what I mean? So, and they're at home. And it's their homecoming. Let's see what they can do. Her's lighting a fire under their ass. Let's go. <laughs> no, nah, not really. I'm not really an A&M fan. Fuck that team. But, uh, Come on, dude. You're, you're signing <laughs> keep- with CJ. Keep keep buying keep buying those players with NIL and see how that works out for you. Uh, you got to develop them. You can't just get them. You got to develop exactly. them. Exactly. So I mean? good luck with that. I'm not. Uh, if I had to choose, um, like you said, I don't. Being at home, especially in the SEC, is a big is a big advantage. Even if you're not that good of a team, it's a rivalry game. It's a conference game. Anything can happen. So if I had to choose this game, I would take. Old Miss with the points. It's a terrible pick. <laughs> I'm gonna take Texas A&M with the points here. Yeah. Let's go, y'all. All right, let's get some. Let's get some best bets from these games we just talked about. Or let's uh, give me two best bets here. My two best bets will be Ohio State to cover the minus fifteen and a half. Ooh, that's bold. Okay. And I like. The over for OK State and TCU. All right, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Kansas State minus one and a half, and I'm also going to take the points for Texas A&M plus two. Give me Texas A&M plus two at home against um, Ole Miss. I like that one. OK State is playing Kansas State or Kansas State. Kansas State. OK, Kansas State. I like the over. Kansas State. All right, y'all. Thank you for joining us. Uh, hope y'all got hope. Hopefully, you got some 
positive information from this uh, podcast here. You can add it to your information. Um, definitely follow us on Twitter. You can follow Irvin at Swervin Irvin TSP. You can follow myself at Jordan Rules TSP. We'll be posting our uh, top five plays for college football Saturday, uh, sometime either tomorrow or Friday, um, because we do have three games tomorrow and then we have a couple on Friday. So uh, definitely stay locked in for that. Keep in mind that it is our uh, top five picks as of the spreads right now. Could have played some games earlier, but do like these games at these spreads um catch us on sunday night actually this sunday i don't know if we're gonna be doing a show because i'm going to be joining uh my good friend jason maples on the temple of who podcast on sunday so if i uh we don't do a tap room we'll be doing one on monday me and irving and we'll go over the nfl games then uh, but for Swerving Irving Washington, I'm Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks Lads. Make sure to go to Tavour.com or download the Tavour app straight to your mobile device. Use promo code TAPROOM for $10 off your first purchase of $25 or more. Our top five picks are coming out tomorrow or Friday. Uh, NFL Saturday evening. Definitely stay locked for those because uh, me and everyone went 0-10 last week. So. <laughs> I mean, if you faded us, dude, you made some great money. Made a lot of money. Yeah, but you know, there's no way that happens again. So we'll we'll bounce back, dude. Uh, I bounced back big this week in the NBA. So let's keep it rolling, man. Let's keep it rolling. Let's go. You know who-